This is episode number 392 with Justin Brown of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Go, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey, Founder Fam, if you've ever wanted to grow a YouTube channel, then our next guest is just for you. In the last six years, he's grown to over a million subscribers, and he's really unlocked the door on how to succeed on YouTube. So we're going to break down absolutely everything you need to know, how to maximize your views, how to convert as many subscribers as possible right now. Please welcome Justin Brown from Primal Video to the Founder Podcast. The first question I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job, aka how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? That's a good question. It's uh, I try to give you the short version. I guess my background has always been in uh, in video production and IT. I have an IT degree, so I've always been interested in tech and video and trying to combine the two Um, and yeah, I guess working on documentaries and those sorts of things, it was good fun. I had way too many near death experiences working with big wave surfers and free divers and doing some crazy stuff that I was looking for different ways that we could kind of tone it down a little bit, but still have the level of fun that we were having um, creating videos and and, then helping other people get their message out there. So this is where um, I was working on a documentary project called The Abundance Code. And I got this amazing opportunity to be flown around the world and interview top people in digital marketing. They were the nicest people, uh, nicest entrepreneurs are all super successful, but all they really built their business around was just helping people and adding value and just talking about the things that they wanted to talk about and the things that they were pumped to, to, to help people with. I'm like, okay, there's something here in just helping and giving back around the stuff that I'm interested in. So that's when we started the YouTube channel and uh, it's been a it's been a journey. Uh, it, it totally tanked at first. And there was a big point where we thought we'd just turn it off because it wasn't working for us and it wasn't a good business tool. But um, yeah, I guess now it's kind of grown to the point where we are able to, to live that and have fun with that and help people with the stuff that we're interested in talking about and um, yeah, helping people with. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So 
Primal Video is your YouTube channel. You guys have over a million subscribers. You grew up relatively fast, but how long, when did you start it? So I think we're about six and a half years now. So the actual channel was created way back in 2013. Um, it was just kind of a channel that we'd created to upload a few GoPro videos and that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until around 2015, 2016 that we really started to take it serious. Um, and yeah, the journey was slow. We were doing what we thought we needed to do, just upload content and people will find it, but it really doesn't work that way. So then we went the opposite way. Like, oh, let's upload lots of content. And we weren't seeing the growth of the return. And that's where we see a lot of people get stuck. They're just using it as a video hosting platform, put it up and they'll find it. And it doesn't work like that. So that's now what we teach and what we help people with is, is how you can have an effective uh, organic traffic strategy through YouTube. Like it's a super powerful resource. It's, it's amazing organic traffic. It's a search engine. People go there looking for stuff. Um, but yeah, where we started was... <laughs> I think we were about six months in, we had 49 subscribers. And I know that of that 49 subscribers, multiple channels were mine. I'd even created a channel for my mom just to make the numbers look a little bit better. And uh, it was because we had no strategy around that. So this is the, we don't want anyone to go through all we had to. And that's what, that's what we now teach. That's awesome. So, um, so it was like what, 2016, you're at 49 subscribers? I think I think that's it's it's somewhere around there. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but yeah, I just know that our first six months was was painful. And uh, I remember, so I work with my brother Mike, uh, so he's a business partner at Primal Video, and we just jumped on a call. We're like, okay, we're like six months into this, do we keep going? Like this for us, it wasn't about being a YouTuber or vanity metrics or any of that stuff. Like this is a business tool for us to bring in organic traffic, but also for us to have impact and to help people with this stuff. And when it's not working, it becomes a bad business decision to keep going down it. So. From us, from there, we kind of looked at what what are we doing wrong? Like, well, what aren't we doing? And what is YouTube? And it being a search engine, um, we weren't giving it what it needed to help to understand our content so that it could find the right people uh, for our content, to have our content show up in search results or when people are looking for stuff that's related to what we've got content around. And that's really what, what sort of shifted for us was then the game became, how do we get YouTube to show our content? Instead of blaming the content and saying, oh, maybe just, you know, people don't want that video, or maybe it's me on camera, or maybe YouTube's too overcrowded, which are all the myths that we hear people say all the time. And I used to believe they were true when it wasn't working for us as well. Um, what does YouTube need? It needs to be able to understand your content. And that comes down to your title, your tags, the description, and what you're saying in the video itself uh, is huge. So our game then has been trying, testing, failing, learning uh, to try and get to the point where we can now repeatedly with a process, get our content showing up in front of the right people. I see. So I guess talking through the numbers, how many, how many subscribers are you guys at now? So I think we're at 1,065,000. Um, we're growing by about 22 to 25,000 new subscribers a month, which is uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And so it took you about four to five years to get there. Yeah. Yep. And the growth is definitely speeding up. So around 
when we hit a million, I think it was about a month and a half ago, uh, pretty much to the day, a year before that, we hit 500,000. And pretty much to the day, a year before that, we hit 250,000 subscribers. So the last few years has literally been doubling. That's not to say that we'll keep that growing and that this time next year we'll be at 2 million. Uh, I, I guess there was a few things that played into it as well with lockdowns and more people being on online consuming our content. But the strategy that we follow to get our content showing up for people when they need it, um, it hasn't changed at all. So that's that's kind of the coolest part about this is it's not too late for YouTube. Anyone can do this. You just have to go into it with a strategy of how do I shape and evolve my content and give YouTube what it needs so that you can have success with it. No one wants to be uploading videos to crickets. It's pretty demotivating. And uh, yeah, it's pretty hard to push through past that point if, if you don't have that that mindset or that, you know, let's gamify this. Let's have some fun with it, but let's try and test stuff that we know what's going to work. Interesting. So what was the hardest growth period? Was it at like a hundred K subs or went to, to, to What, what was it? I would say starting out, getting to the first 100 subscribers or even getting to then the first 1,000 subscribers, it was painfully slow. And yeah, it does snowball. It does build over time. This is the beauty of YouTube is that you can create content and it's going to stay there for years. We've got videos that are coming up on six years old, still bringing in 1,000 views a day. We've done nothing with those videos for six years. So that's the awesome part about it. And that's where it does really start to snowball because it, like, we upload one video a week. More content doesn't mean you're going to have more results. Anyone out there telling you you need to do three videos a week, five videos a week. I mean, I love making videos. I'm a video person. I couldn't imagine that. So we do one video a week, but we are strategic in what that content is. And then over time, that one optimized video, one video that you have done that research and everything around um, has the potential to bring you in views for years afterwards. So every new video is just adding to that uh, organic traffic that you're growing. So it does grow exponentially over time. Yeah, awesome. Look, we're really passionate about YouTube. We want to we want to build one of the largest channels for entrepreneurs. We're not there yet, but we will get there. We're, we're, we're working on it. We've got an incredible team and we're just slowly chipping away, building it brick by brick. Um, so for anyone watching, kind of like I'd love to just dive straight in. Like from your perspective, what does it take to build a large YouTube channel? From the journey that you've been on, what are the, what are the key things? What does it take like from a top level perspective? There's an interesting one. I see that look, one of the places that we got caught up on and we see a lot of people get caught up in is with the numbers and looking at other channels that are already out there. And um, like you, it's a massive platform. It's one of the biggest platforms out there. So yes, there's already going to be people making the videos that you want to make, but that's not a negative thing. Like if anything, it's proof of concept. It's showing you, hey, this type of content people want. So for anyone that is starting out, do some research and see what are the types of videos that, that are out there. See who's showing up in the top spots for the content that you want to make. But I really think also you need to be making the content that you want to make. And I know that that sounds, you know, well, that's good. I want to make this type of video, but how do I make this work? There's always a way. But if you're not passionate or pumped to talk about the topics that you want to create your videos around, it's going to be short-lived. You're going to lose motivation. You're going to be bored of it. And this is, again, something that we see all the time. And this is where if you're just creating videos for an algorithm, uh, yeah, it's it, it's going to wear pretty thin. That's where, you know, when it does come for those times where you aren't motivated and you're down, maybe you don't have the energy or you've had a bad week or whatever it is, being able to, to pull yourself back into that 
that you know the the grind a bit to get the content out that's that's where if you're pumped about the topic and the content you're talking about it's much easier to get back to that point but with anything i'd say that you should batch create uh your content don't just sit there and go all right justin said i need to do one video a week oh shoot it's sunday what am i going to release this week like be strategic about it. I know this is the stuff that you probably hear a lot, but it really changes the game when you can be ahead and you're like, sweet, I've got four videos. That's four weeks worth of content. I don't even need to think about video stuff now. I can now go and optimize some content or build my website or, or get some lead magnets or like how do I add more value to my audience um, in other ways outside of creating the content. So yes, on YouTube, the video piece is pretty important, but it's also not everything. So yeah, there's ways that you can make money and have impact from your content from day one. But if you're watching the numbers closely, especially on a small channel and comparing to other channels and saying, well, my content's better, or it's a newer video, but they're getting millions of views and I'm not, um, that's, that's the place you don't want to be in. Run your own race. Know that you're creating content that can potentially show up for years afterwards, but it might take three to six months for a video to actually perform. So don't jump in there, change your thumbnail, change your titles. And, oh, this video has been up for a week. It's got no views. It can take months for YouTube to find that uh, the, the right people for your content. So that's where the strategy really needs to be that YouTube is a long game. I know this is a long answer to your question, but with that focus of I'm in it for the long game and I could potentially have this video show up for years afterwards, that's the power of YouTube. Yes, you could upload it to Facebook or Instagram and get more vanity metric and views and stuff immediately. If you need to do that as well, awesome. But there's no other platform that's going to give you the consistent views for years after uh, like YouTube can. So that's the hardest piece is, is, is really just our own self-expectations of people coming into YouTube and expecting to blow up and hit a million subscribers in a year or something like that. It is, it is a journey and it is going to take time. But um, sticking with it, with the, with the strategy of how do I shift and adjust and, and, and give YouTube what it needs as it changes, that's really what I would suggest for anyone. Yeah, I love it, man. And I'm curious as well, like right now we're doing this interview, it's late 2021. Is it still possible um, to find success on YouTube even if you're starting now? I think like, I mean, the best time to start was yesterday. The second best time is today. Uh, no, it, it's not too late for YouTube at all. Um, I think one of the biggest things that people don't realize is that one of the biggest things that YouTube rewards is new content, up-to-date content. So even if you already see there's other channels with millions of subscribers, millions of views on topics that you want to create, the biggest thing that we've all got going for us, with, especially with a brand new channel, is that YouTube's going to want to test brand new content and put it up in front of those other videos or play it off the back of it and see and test it and see how successful it is. Because YouTube, if it, like its whole game is how do I get the right video in front of the right person at the right time? Can you imagine if you search for something and nothing relevant came up? Like it's going to be a bad experience. So if you're watching content and it's all outdated, like at some point, YouTube's going to be like, hey, like people are clicking off this because it's old. So there's a massive opportunity for brand new content to show up and to, to take over uh, older content on the platform. And that's why for us, we even make the exact same videos every year just so we've got an updated version on it, especially if it's anything tech or anything that your viewers think could change, even if the content is exactly the same, like best video editing software. Hey, video editing software doesn't change too much. Yet every year I'll do a 2020, 2021 version of it because what do the viewers want? They want to watch what's current now. So 
if you're yeah, looking at other channels and thinking, I can't compete with that. No, there's a massive opportunity for new content. Uh, and that's always going to be that way. Yeah. And um, I'm curious around kind of fostering a relationship with your audience. What, from, your, from your experience, what is the key there? So I think with any platform, it's always, you've got to show up somewhere. Like they've got to be able to find you first, right? And then you've got to build that know, like, and trust. And this is where for, for us, and what we recommend is coming from that place of understanding what their pain is or what their need is. And their need could be that they want to be entertained. They want to be made to laugh or you're, or you're actually solving their pain or problem. So for us, before we make any video, we're doing that research. What are they searching for? Not what I think they need or what I know they need, where are they actually stuck? What's their 2 a.m. problem that they're waking up at two in the morning going, shoot, tomorrow I've got to film a video and I have no idea how to do it. Like, what are they going to type into Google or YouTube to find that? So we're creating that content. We're coming from a place of how do we show up to help them? So we're building that reciprocity and we're building that know, like, and trust with them. And every new video that they watch of ours, whether they subscribe or not, if they watch one, YouTube's going to be more likely to put another one of our videos in front of them. So by coming from this place of how do we just over deliver all the time so that when they have a question around anything to do with something that's of interest to our channel, that we show up somewhere on there, they're likely to click ours. That then when we do launch courses, programs, whatever it is, or, or um, you know, anything that we know that can help them, they're more likely to take action because we've already come, come at them with so much value. So that's our approach is how do we add value? Um, and that's really a great way to, to, you know, you help someone, they're going to remember it. Um, so that's, that's our approach of adding value. And what about um, kind of the community aspect and that building side? Is there anything that you're doing there to kind of bring bring your community together to kind of take them on the journey? Like anything there? So for us, the biggest piece of community, I mean, so the, the, the next level beyond our free YouTube content where we deepen that relationship happens on our email list. Um, so no matter which platform you're growing on, your email list is super powerful. It's something that you own and, you know, no algorithm or, or subscribe button or notification bell, you know, is going to, is going to stop any communication through. So our goal with YouTube is to show up and help as many people as we can with that content for the action takers, the people that want more from us to get it. Get, we want to get them on our email list. Now, to the other way is to do live streams. Live streams, again, on any platform, really powerful on YouTube. Um, it's something that is definitely more timely content. It's, it's, it's rare to see too many live streams show up and, and be successful for long after they're live. The benefit is hanging out, interacting with your audience live. Um, we also do have a community uh, for, for our highest level of action takers, the people that are in our paid community, uh, where we're again, you know, jump on calls and those kinds of things, but you can do it all on YouTube. There is a community post area, like think of it like the Facebook newsfeed on YouTube as well. You will have to have 500 subscribers to get access to that, but it's a great way to run polls and engage with people. Um, so that's, yeah, in quick way, the comments is probably the most obvious one that I missed. Um, it's huge. If you're just starting out, do your best to try and answer as many comments and ask questions, get people to engage with your content. It's going to help them, but it's also going to help YouTube see that people aren't just sitting back watching your content. They're interacting with the platform, which is another massive indicator to YouTube that your content should be shown to more people because you've already got people on there commenting and interacting with it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm curious as well, like just jumping into kind of, I guess, advice for people wanting to grow a YouTube channel. Um, 
You talk a lot about YouTube being a search engine, and I know that you've shared a lot of gold with us at Founder on really how to optimize for search. So I'd love to talk to that with our audience, kind of, um, is an SEO-based game plan right for everyone? And is this the best way to grow? Like, can you talk us through your framework? Yeah, for sure. So I think, look, there's a there's a lot of talk out there on YouTube about some people saying SEO is dead and you've got to get into search, or you've got to get into suggested or recommended. There's all these different places that YouTube can feature your content. At the end of the day, if you're taking the approach of how do I give my viewers what they want, uh, then it is going to come back to adding keywords and titling your videos right so that YouTube can understand what your content is about, but also so that your viewers can understand before they click it. There's almost like a little bit of anxiety when someone does actually search on YouTube, they've got so many options uh, and what's going to make them click on yours. And if they click on it and that's not actually a fit for them, then they're out. You know, they're, they're, they're back, you know, they're constantly thinking, How, have I clicked the right video? Should I have clicked the other one? This one's five minutes. That one was nine. Which one should I pick? So there's all these little things that come into play when you really look at what is the user journey of this. So for us, we start with some keyword research, whether you want to get your videos to show up in search results or you just want people to find them as a recommended content by doing some research, by going to the YouTube search bar and just typing in a couple of words around the content that you could create. And again, this is before you make your videos. This is gonna give you insight into what other people have searched for, what they're looking for. So if you type in things like just the two words, best video, that's it. It's gonna come up with like best video camera, best video editing software, and it's gonna get more niche, best video editing apps on iOS or an iPhone or Android, you're going to get these suggestions that pop up. We've all seen that Google auto-suggest and YouTube auto-suggest. They're not random suggestions. These are things that people have actually typed in and are actually looking for. Just starting there alone is going to put you well ahead of most people that are uploading content on YouTube. Just titling your videos, speaking to that. Uh, you know that people want that. So that's where we're going for every video first. We're going to that YouTube search box. We're typing in a couple of words to really understand what it is people want. But it's not just what they want. If someone is actually typing in, say, best video editing apps, iPhone, what level are they at? Are they someone that is you know, a professional video editor? Are they someone who's just starting out? We can kind of gauge that they're probably at the earlier stage for most people. Yes, there might be some pros, but we're, we're probably getting more, more beginner level. And this is the stuff then inside your video, you know what level to speak at. You're not going super advanced at the start. You're talking to them, you're meeting them where they're at. So it's not me going, hey, here's a color grading tutorial, right? Color grading, that might be the technical term, but what's the general public looking for? They're looking for how to fix the colors in their video, right? Could be the exact same video, but calling it a color grading tutorial or even color correcting tutorial versus how do I fix the colors in my video, which is the outcome that they're going to get watching either one. This is what this, this keyword research or topic research is going to give you insight as to what are the masses searching for, but also how many people are searching for that every month. So this is what we're doing first off. Then from there, you need to get clicked. You could have the best video in the world. If no one actually clicks on your video, even if it's showing up in top spots on YouTube, no one's going to see it. So you need to engage your viewers. You need to grab their attention and get them to click your video over any of the other ones that's presented to them. The third piece then after you've got the click is you need to keep them watching. If they're not sticking around and watching your content, then it's a bad indicator to YouTube. If people click on it and leave right away, why would YouTube keep featuring your video there? Um, they won't. 
they'll put another video in those top spots. So it really comes down to those three things, creating content that, that shows up on the platform, getting clicked, and then keeping people watching. And ideally, a long way through your videos. And I know that's a big sort of oversimplification, but if you're focusing on those three areas, then again, you're gonna be well ahead of most people that aren't considering those things. But your thumbnail images are huge, and it's, it's something that most people just overlook. Yeah, love it, man. Because um, I think building from our experience, building a YouTube channel is tough. And it's there's a lot of stuff out there around what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Um, yeah, and I, I find that um, your strategies are very, very simple and it makes sense. Like YouTube is a search engine, but at the same time, you've got to still create epic videos. But it's just a low-hanging fruit. If people are already searching for it, you can make the best video on that particular thing. You can have a really good thumbnail, really good title, and you know categorically that people are typing this in. You're just giving yourself a higher chance of success of building like, and starting to plant those seeds that over time all these different video seeds will sprout. Not all will, but some will from search. It almost feels like you're cheating the system a little bit. It's like YouTube and Google, they give you this information. They tell you what people are searching for. And just by using that information, you, it's much easier to get your content showing up in search results. But also going back to, to what we were talking about before, this is also how YouTube can understand your content and help feature it in those other areas on the platform as well to get it shown on the homepage or the browse features area or you know suggested and recommended off other people's content. By having those keywords and things in there, it's going to be much more likely that you're going to get picked up in those other areas as well. So it's not just that you'll only get search traffic. This is also going to help with with um, with both. Yeah, love it, man. So um, talk to us around kind of common mistakes like. What's the number one mistake that you see new creators, people wanting to start a YouTube channel make? The number one, I think we've made pretty much every mistake you could ever make. Uh, I would say a big one that we made early on that I still see a lot of people do is by starting their videos with introducing themselves. Like, hey, it's Justin from Primal Video. What? No one cares who you are. Uh, is this guy that looks like Chris Martin from Coldplay, is he going to answer this this video, like the pain or problem that I clicked on. So this is where like you've got to focus on even no matter what type of content you're creating, you need to hook your viewers in first. So instead of me saying who I am in the start of the video, I'm going to say, look, in this video, I'm going to share with you the top five video editing apps on iPhone so that you can work out which is the best one for you. Uh, so we've told them, right, good, I'm in the right place. They'll then relax that anxiety where they're like, should I click this one or this one? Or it goes away at that point. You almost buy yourself a couple of minutes then to then say, hey, it's Justin from Primal Video. This is what we create our content on. Um, and today we're talking about iPhone apps. So yeah, that's that's where you can get into your content from there, but hooking them at the start. Um, yeah, Because uh, as much of an ego hit it is, no one cares who you are. I, especially like no one, most people haven't seen your videos before. Even for us with the channel, the size that we have and the amount of views and stuff that we get, I think it's 96% of our views come from people who aren't subscribed. So we've got to treat each and every video like people have no idea who I am and that this is, this is our first time meeting. Um, but what are they there for? They don't care who I am first. Have I clicked the right video or should I quickly cancel out of this and go back and click another one? I think that, that's, a, that's a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah, love it, man. That's gold. Um, yeah, you're kind of like going through the checklist. So that's like one of the things on the checklist. 
at the start of the video, you gotta sell it, you gotta have a hook. And that's a common mistake even we've made. Cause it's just a natural thing. You think, oh, well, yeah. best you introduce yourself. Um, yeah. Let's talk about coming up with video ideas. Um, like where should people be starting there? Yeah, so that's again for us. I mean, as an expert in your own area, you'll know the things that you want to cover. But it's not for, for us, whenever I've come up with a random idea, hey, this would be a great idea for a video. If we haven't then validated it with the keyword research, those videos are very hard for people to find. And it's almost like you've got to take that exercise of what would you search for? What would you actually type into Google or to YouTube and hope that your video shows up? And even that alone is a really interesting exercise for a lot of people that have created their videos and they might be titling it episode 363, blah, blah. Like no one's searching for episode 363. It means nothing to most people on the platform. If they saw it, they might feel like they've left behind because um, I haven't seen all the previous ones. So maybe I'll click something else because I'm already missing something. Um, so it really is a, going to do that keyword research. So when I come up with an idea of a video, we want to validate it. And I want to then use those keywords that people are, are searching for so that it lines up with them. If you can match what they've just likely typed in to Google or to YouTube, and you're actually saying those exact words in the start of your video. So if those keywords were best video editing software, iPhone, and I'm saying, are you looking for the best video editing software on iPhone? They're like, whether they realize or not, this is the same. Good, it matches. I'm in the right place. So this is where we're going back to that YouTube autofill. And I'm typing in a couple of words around the topic that I want to create the video around, but I'm not creating what I think is going to be the best video or what people need. I'm looking at what they're typing in. And I'm saying, if, if that's what they're typing in, what are they expecting and what do they want out of it? But also, how do I give them something else? How do I over deliver in there so that they're just mind blown? Like, wow, I came for video editing software, video editing apps, but I also got a great tip to help me edit faster. Uh, that's a piece of content that they will want to save and come back or will want to share to their friends. Um, and that, you know, again, it's a, that, that, that experience for YouTube. YouTube sees that people watch it, they share it out. They're going to start featuring it in more places as well. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success you should come and check out our new podcast from Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in-the-trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. I'm curious as well, like when it comes to data what and metrics, what are the things that you are looking for kind of as your benchmarks of success? What kind of click-through rates are you looking for on your videos um, from seeing it? And then what kind of uh, retention are you looking for? Talk us through the numbers. Yeah, it's a really interesting question because that stuff is really, really important. And 
it's a question that we get asked a lot. Like, what is a good click-through rate? What is a good watch time? What should I be aiming for? And really, as generic as this sounds, you really want to be looking at what your numbers are right now. And your game is just to improve on your own numbers. Um, because there's no point, like even if there was a channel exactly the same as ours, um, same topics and whatever, I mean, there's lots of them. If we're comparing our click-through rate or our watch time to theirs, it's different. Even though the content is the same, the personality, the uh, the thoughts and opinions, like the, the person delivering the content is going to be different. So this is where we can't compare click-through rates. We can't compare watch time. Whatever you've got, it can be higher, no matter unless you're at 100%, in which case, well done. But for most of us, your click-through rate could be anywhere from 2% to 15%, I've heard. Uh, and you know, some people get lucky and get way higher, but that's kind of the average ballpark. For us right now, to give you some numbers, our average click-through rate for our entire channel is 5.7%, which I think is low. But according to our YouTube partner manager, that's higher than most channels that she manages, and they only manage big channels. So you kind of look at it at that point and go, what's our goal? Our goal is to get that to from 5.7 to 5.8 or to, to six. Like, wh what do we do? How do we go back and do we A-B test some of our thumbnails? Do we try different things? What, what can we look at from our top performing thumbnails? Because obviously that's the average across the channel. What is it about those top performing ones that we could then bring into some of the lower performing ones? Um, same with watch time, uh, whatever it is. If it's 20% of your videos getting watched, how do we increase that? What's happening around that 20% mark? Or what can we add in around that 20% mark? Is it that we add more B-roll or overlay footage or graphics or animations if we're losing people at that point? Or is it that our hook at the start of the video wasn't compelling enough to actually get people to watch the video? We didn't really sell the video. We just maybe introduced ourselves, And that's, that's where I think looking at the numbers is really important. But if you're just starting out and you've got a brand new channel and you're only looking at the numbers on a couple of videos after a few weeks, it's not enough for you to make any real decisions or anything around it. So for us, we're only focused on the numbers after a video has been past that three month mark. Anything up to that, it's just interesting. Like, oh, it's interesting that this video right now has a 7% click-through rate. It doesn't mean anything because it hasn't been around long enough to give us really accurate data. So that, that's kind of, that's the game that I would suggest that anyone play. Look at where you're at. Don't compare, oh, Justin's got a 5.7, I've got a, a 2.5. It doesn't mean anything. We're totally different content. It could also be that your click-through rate, which is based on the amount of impressions, so where your content is shown on the platform somewhere that it could be clicked, maybe YouTube is testing it. Maybe they're testing it on the homepage and people aren't clicking it because it's not what they want, which means you're going to have a massive amount of impressions, but a very low number of people click. It's going to pull down your click-through rate, your average number there. So that's why we can't compare because each individual video is going to be totally different as well, um, as well as the different channels, different niches. But what I would suggest is that you don't look at your channel averages as the that's what it is. Look at the individual videos as well, and you'll have standouts, and then you can start to pull apart and say, why, why did this video stand out? Is it the content or is that thumbnail just absolute fire that people want to click on? Like, so, so it really, yeah, over time, you're going to get more data, but the game is raised from where you are without comparing. And it's a hard one. Even today, I, I want to compare. I want to see what other people are doing, what's working for them and, and how are we on the, the, whole, the overall scope of things. Yeah, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's an interesting one, that comparison piece. I think, uh, yeah, it is easy to fall into that trap. So 
What about retention? Talk to us about retention. Do you have goals, targets around video retention? Because they say that those are the two mag. They say that those are the two magic numbers. Click through rate. You have a really like whatever high is for you or whatever. You have a really high click through rate, and then if you can retain those people, then you know you're playing nice with the YouTube algorithm. So like, what about audience retention? What are you thinking about? Obviously. You know, you've got the hook, selling the video at the start, like you want to, you know, keep people engaged, like talk to us about that. Yeah. So again, it's another one where the longer, the better. Um, so uh, I don't I don't know what our average is, but again, our game is trying to increase it. So what are we doing to increase it? Uh, first off, we're looking at the, the, the analytics to see where our retention is for each individual video. Again, that's more important than the overall. Um, and we're looking at, is there any clear drop where we're just losing people? In which case, what happened at that point? Is it that I gave away the free option up front and that's all people were coming for is a free one, then they're out. They don't, they don't want to stick around for the paid one. In which case, I didn't sell the benefit of why they should stick around and hear out all the options because the free ones, while they're free, they're also pretty crappy or something like that. So it's got to be, you've got to look at it, you know, in hypotheticals, what could it be? But again, the game is to increase it as long as you can. So what we do in our videos is I'll, I'll make sure that hook at the start is super powerful, like that I'm going to explain that they're in the right place. Then in the intro piece, which is the next bit where I say, hey, it's Justin from Primal Video, I'll then dive a little bit deeper into the overall topic of the video. So if you're looking for video editing apps on iOS, there's a lot of options. So what I've done is I've spent a lot of time trying and testing all the top options to break them down to my top five so that, you know, and, and make sure you stick around because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down these top five to see which is going to be the best one for you. Um, so I'm, I'm telling them by using lists, by using like a top five, they'll stick around or most people want to wait for that list to be finished. Even if they knew one, two, three, and four, and they already knew they weren't a fit for them, number five could be the game changer. So you're doing things to almost create these open loops um, or you know, where people, they, they need to wait for that to finish. Uh, they, they need to fill it out to completion. So we'll also add in, in our intro piece, um, a bonus or an over-deliver that I mentioned. Like we, wanna, we want them leaving this video wowed, mind blown. So I'll say towards the start, make sure you stick around to the end because once we've covered off the apps, once you know which is the best app for you, I'm also going to share with you my top video editing tips to help you edit faster in any one of these. So I'm giving them something extra based on, I know what they're there for, video editing apps. What else is going to be likely relevant to most people that are watching this video? So we'll throw in a couple of quick tips towards the end. Um, the other thing, which is a, a cool little tactic um, that anyone can, can start using from now is that we also use the YouTube chapter markers, which is where you can say at 30 seconds in the video or a minute in the video, this is what I'm covering. There's a lot of people that think that that's actually a negative. We're giving people the ability to jump around inside of your videos. No, we've actually found this has increased our watch time by giving people the ability to jump forward or jump back. And then when you're looking at your data or at your analytics, you can see there's spikes where people have come back. Or you might see, all right, they weren't interested in the first piece, but they've come back and rewatched the third piece multiple times. Like that is huge. And again, YouTube sees this as not just an idle viewer. There's someone clicking and interacting with your video, which is huge. That's what, that's what they want. So we try to make it easy for people to find out what the content, what content we're delivering and to be able to jump around. So you can use the YouTube chapter markers as well. 
Yeah, that's gold. Um, so just moving away from uh, like numbers and retention and all that kind of stuff, um, once you've figured out retention or, or once you get keep getting better and better and better and just making better videos, like nothing beats making yep. better videos. Um, let's talk thumbnails and headlines. I'd love to go a bit deeper. Um, can you talk us through your your process of making clickable thumbnails or like, you know, high, high click with thumbnails? So the thumbnails, again, really important. World's best video, it doesn't get clicked no one's going to see it. Where most people start with their thumbnails and where we started as well is that it's an afterthought. You only think about them when you're going to upload the video and it's got a little upload thing there for, for thumbnail. And you're like, oh shoot, I don't have one. I'll just scrub through the video and try to find that perfect freeze frame where I'm kind of smiling, not talking, and that'll be my thumbnail. Um, it's very unlikely that that's going to be appealing enough for people to go, oh, that video looks amazing. Uh, I'll click on that. That's the one for me because there's nothing really going on. So to make that easier, at the end of filming, I just leave the camera running, uh, recording, and I'm just pulling some faces. I'm uh, trying to do something relatable to the content, or if there's nothing, it was just a generic sort of video, um, I'll be pulling some faces, I'll be pointing at different stuff. I'm feeling like an idiot doing this. But those are the ones, when we then use those uh, images in our thumbnails, those are the ones that, that grab people's attention. As humans, we like to see other humans. And if you're pulling a face like, oh, I wonder which is the best editing software, or um, is it this one or this one? You're doing like you're holding up different options. Um, that's that's the stuff that as humans we we are going to gravitate towards. Um, I hated that that worked at start because I didn't want to do. It. I didn't want to be one of those YouTube people that just points at stuff and pulls silly faces. But it works. Um, so. I'd much rather have people see our videos and be feeling like an idiot than uh, having these videos and, and thumbnail images that no one's clicking on. So the, the, the other part of this is you should test because what's working for you with one particular video could be totally different with what's working on the next video. So this is where we have no ties. Like we, our goal is to create something clickable. So we wanna grab someone's attention. We want to make it easy to read on mobile devices. So if you've got lots of text in there and it's small, it's gonna to be too, too, too difficult. People are gonna go oh, try and squint to read it and then they'll quickly pick another one because it's just too much brain work. So people do judge book by its cover, your YouTube video by its cover. You need to grab their attention, make it bright, um, do something silly if you're going to have your face on there. Like just try and test and then evolve over time. So for us, there is an, uh, there is an amazing plugin called TubeBuddy. And it, this is more of an advanced strategy, but this is something that we use. It's not what we think is the nicer looking thumbnail or the one that we think is going to be the one that gets more clicks. We're using the A-B testing feature inside of TubeBuddy, lets you upload two thumbnail images. And it's actually tells you with data, which one does get more clicks. And when we've run those, I don't really think I've picked too many winners. The one that I think is the better looking thumbnail never really outperforms the one that actually TubeBuddy is saying gets more clicks. So this is where I say to test. And where I say it's different between each individual video, I don't say this to be like, oh my God, this is such a massive thing. No, look at what other videos are showing up around that. Like if you went and performed a search that your video should show up for, what do the other thumbnails look like? What are they doing? Are they all using bright red? Well, how do you go blue or pink or something complete opposite to stand out in that? And obviously that can change over time as well. So this is where, you know, uh, spending some time when you're creating your thumbnails, again, doing a little bit of research 
or even going back to existing videos that you've got on your channel that might not be performing, just changing things like the thumbnail image, changing things like the title can really give your video a whole new lease on life as well. Um, but yeah, we also use a few words, three to five words, no more. How can people quickly work out what your video is about without needing to go and read the title? If they just see the image, and they know what the video is about, and they can then make the call, is that for me, yes or no? That's, that's the ideal, like that's, that's, that's the holy grail. What about no words? So again, no words, if it works, where people can work out what the video is about, or you've created that intrigue. Like it could be a picture of a Lamborghini, like about to go off a jump or something crazy, right? You're gonna like, what's going on there? That's not something we see every day you kind of want to click it just to see what's going to happen. So this is where it's going to come down to the content you're creating, but also to test against the other videos that are showing up where your video will show up. So for us, whenever we've tested it uh, with our type of content, typically how-to content, we found that uh, having three to five words on there saying what that pain or problem or what the video is about, best editing software, uh, iPhone, and putting like an iPhone, me holding an iPhone, putting the Apple logo so people can just like, okay, cool. That looks like that's the one for me. That's worked best for us. But yeah, I mean, I would also be experimenting no words as long as it's something that is going to grab someone's attention, look good, small, and ideally let them work out what the video is about or be something that's like, I just have to click that to see what's, what's going to happen or what this is even about. Um, yeah. What have you found works best for you guys? For us, we're still- I'll put you on the spot here. Yeah, we're, for us, we're still the experimental phase. Um, yeah. And you have to remember for us, we're doing like how-to videos, interviews, long form, yep. short form. Um, but yeah, look, for us, we've found the things that work are just a title that really has strong curiosity, like really ramps that yep. up. From my perspective, that's from my perspective. I don't I don't run our yep. channel. Um, uh, Charlie, a, a producer, social video producer runs it, but... From my perspective, I've found that the things that really pique someone's curiosity, the things that it's like, oh, wow, like I really want to view this using words, um, minimal words, but the title does a lot of the heavy lifting. So it's kind of one of those things where if you can use the thumbnail, yes, people click on the thumbnail, but they'll see the title, they'll see the thumbnail first, then they'll look at the title. So, yeah, yeah but uh, we are definitely... Um, we're not there yet on the thumbnails. It's a, it's a work in progress for us. And I think that's, that's the journey. I mean, same for anyone. Like even for us, we go back and we're re-A-B testing our thumbnails a second time. Uh, it's kind of, there's always, if we take the approach, there's always more we can do. Um, then don't feel overwhelmed with that. It just means like our priority is always on the next video. But when we've got extra time, we'll spend some time to go back on some of the other ones that we're like, wow, that's interesting that that one's not performing as well as we thought it would. Could our title and tags need adjusting? Could our thumbnail need adjusting? Well, let's split test these things and just see which one's going to work better. So there is always room for improvement with that as well. But um, the titles, again, as you said, is, is huge. Um, what's really interesting with the titles is creating that intrigue or creating asking a question in there. Um, is something that a lot of people miss with their titles. So for us, to give you an example, if we were going to do um, a product review, let's say live streaming software, if I just titled it live streaming software, like Ecamm Live Review, who are the people that are going to find that? Only people that have heard about Ecamm Live and are looking for a review. 
right? They're gonna, the only place that's going to show up, not the only place, the most likely place it's going to show up is when people are searching for Ecamm Live. But that's only going to limit it to people who already know about Ecamm Live. So in that case, we would instead title it something that we know is going to appeal to much more people, again, from doing that keyword research, is best live stream software. And we'll put a question mark because we're not saying it is the best live stream software. Ecamm Live Review as the second part. So best live stream software, Ecamm Live Review. So we're able to pick up the people that are just looking for the best live streaming software, which we know has 200,000 searches per month or whatever it is. But we're also then able to introduce them to Ecamm Live and they'll click that. All right, cool. I'm interested in this one. Or I've never heard of this. Let's see what this one is about. So the titles are huge. But adding a question, we're not saying it is the best. Like, is this the best? And in my thumbnail, I'll be like, I don't know. Like, is, is this the best? Um, we'll create that intrigue again, that people want to click to hear the answer. Yeah, love it, man. So, um, look, we have to work towards wrapping up. I could talk to you about YouTube growth <laughs> all day. Um, I was just going to ask, like, what's the one thing that people – need to do to maximize viewer retention today if you could give people one thing one thing i would say they need to structure their videos in a way that make it easy for people to understand and watch and this might sound so obvious for some people but i'm someone that where our early videos and they're still there you can go and check them out and have a good laugh i'm like a squirrel brain person some people are process system template people that's not me. Um, it wasn't until we started to put a real framework around the structure of our videos and what we're saying when that really helps people understand the videos and puts it in a log logical format that they will want to stick around. So I would randomly start back in the day, um, like this is what I'm going to cover. So I'd be hooking them in a little bit. Um, then I'd be talking about some of the advantages and then I might jump to the disadvantages or, 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 you know, and then, oh, another advantage is this or another great feature is it. So it's kind of jumping all over the place. And I know this may seem so obvious, but most videos, most people aren't structuring their video in a way where you've just got blocks of content. So we start off with your hook then introduce yourself and introduce the content. Then the next block, we're gonna cover the advantages or you know, even if we're going five options for something, five video editing apps, let's break those five down into a repeatable fashion so that inside of each block, we're gonna start off with the advantages, then the disadvantages, then the price and who I think it's good for. Then we move on to the next option. But you're also telling your viewers how this is gonna go down. So in this video, I'm gonna share with you the top five options. I'm gonna cover the good, the bad, the pricing so you can decide which is the best one for you. I've then set that expectation that that's what I've promised you in this video. By telling people how the video is gonna go down, same as on a live stream, you could tell them, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to share with you some amazing information. Then we're going to jump into some Q&A. Then I'm going to share some more amazingness with you. You've told them how it's going to go down. Your live stream watch time is going to be increased because that viewer expectation is met. They know what to expect in your content. Do the same with your videos. Let people know how you're going to share the content with them, but also give them a reason to stick around. So this is where I say with that bonus section where we're like, make sure you stick around because I'm also going to share with you our top editing tips or whatever it is. We'll have something like that in every one of our videos. But the last piece of this is you want to make your videos interesting to watch. Uh, so we like to play a game with our editors, hide Justin's face. So if my face is on the screen for too long, because I'm just a talking head video, it's boring. 
Like there's got to be something going on. So what can we use? Is it animated titles? Is it that we're using stock video footage? Like you don't need to run out and shoot everything yourself. There's amazing places that will let you just buy footage that you can drop into your, your videos. So we use that a lot to try and break it up, have the videos changing, keep the pace and the momentum going in the video so that they're not boring, even if it's just me sitting talking to camera. That's really how I would say to approach your watch time and try and test new stuff. Look at your data, evolve on the next video. Being perfect uh, is only going to slow you down. So do the best you can, then focus on the next one. Best you can, focus on the next one. Then go back and look at what can we improve. Uh, that really needs to be the focus. That was a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, no, this was great, man. Um, even got me thinking like around the structure and, and being quite methodical, like mapping it out, that pre-production, really looking at, okay, we're gonna like, we're gonna talk about this, 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 and this is how we're gonna keep people and and just really taking people on a journey and even storyboarding it out. Is that what you guys do for every video? Yeah, so we have a structure that we have um, off the back of our, you know, when we're coming up with ideas and keyword research is literally the, what I just ran through, the hook, the intro piece. Then we have a content section and how do we best deliver the content? What is that bonus or that over deliver? And the last piece is the call to action. Like what is the next best video? Or what is the action that we want our viewers to take when they make it to the end? Uh, is it to watch another video? Is it to go and download our free ebook? Is it to go and subscribe to our channel? Like the, these are the things that we're planning out ahead of time. And by having this structure in place, um, it's also going to make filming the videos so much easier because you know what to say and when. Even if you don't have a full word for word script, and you just got bullet points that like cover this, then this, then this. It's just so much easier, which means less time filming, which means less time editing, which means you're gonna make videos much faster and you're gonna have more fun doing them. And your videos are gonna be more effective because it's gonna make it easier for people to stick around and watch. So by starting with planning and structuring your videos, it really can make everything else far more beneficial and far, far more easy. Yeah, that's awesome, man. No, thank you. Well, look, um, we'll work towards wrapping up. Uh, we're gonna move to the hot seat round. Um, 30, 30 second answers. We've got four questions for you. Um, who's one creator that consistently inspires you and is making your content better? Oh, one creator. There's so many that I watch. I would say I like Peter McKinnon. He does a totally different style of content to us. Um, but I just, it's, it's way more cinematic, but I like watching the way that he delivers his content, the personality that he brings to it. And so I'm looking like, how do I bring more personality into our, into our content so that it's another element that people will want to stick around for. It's, it's not just relying so much on the structure. They're more engaged with me as a presenter. So Peter McKinnon, I would say for that and charisma on command would be a very close second. If you could have dinner with any entrepreneur dead or alive, who would it be and why? Good questions. 30 second answers. I would have to say Richard Branson. I know that's a very like entrepreneur, Richard Branson. I just think he's really, really interesting guy. Uh, I thought his book was really interesting. I know a lot of people that have met him and have just said, look, he's, he's amazing. Uh, and, and he's, is so genuine and what you see is actually him. So that, I don't know. I, I would just love to hang out and, and not even pick his brain, but just, just be around the guy and just see how, how he is. And, and yeah, obviously you're going to learn a lot. So um, yeah, Richard Branson. And uh, last question is if there was one thing that you could leave people with that they need to know when it comes to growing a YouTube channel, what would it be and why? I'd say don't overthink it. Don't try to be too perfect. And you already have more than enough. 
right now to start. You don't need the latest tech, the latest gear, your phone, or even a webcam is going to be more than enough. Some of the biggest channels literally just use a webcam, just talk directly to their computer. So you don't need to go and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars or thousands of dollars even on gear and everything. Just start now. Your first videos will be your worst videos, but play that game that we've been talking about today of looking for that improvement. What do I do better on the next one? How do I speed things up? How do I research my content so that people can actually find it? That's the stuff that matters. So start now because you've already got everything that you need. Amazing. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, man. This is an incredible YouTube growth masterclass. And uh, I've got some notes here. There's even some stuff like we're friends and you speak to Charlie all the time. And there's, there's some things that, yeah, I want, I want to dive a bit deeper on for us. So thank you so much, man. This is awesome. Oh, awesome. Thank you very much for having me on. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in-depth on teaching a particular topic and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.